It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Thank you for listening to Depictions Media Radio. Last night, MPs came together to express their support for Ukraine and their disgust for Putin and what he's doing. One of the things that we asked the government to do to reflect that is to expel the Russian ambassador. The Deputy Prime Minister yesterday said, silence is complicity and following orders is not an excuse, and we would agree with that. In light of the silence from the Russian ambassador, will the government expel the Russian ambassador and recall our ambassador back to Canada? The Right Honourable Prime Minister. Russia's egregious and unprovoked attack on Ukraine is a direct challenge to democracy. It's why the Minister of Foreign Affairs summoned the Russian ambassador to express extreme concern and disagreement with Russia's actions. Canada will continue to use all tools at its disposal to make sure that these illegal acts are not left unpunished. The people of Ukraine have the right to their sovereignty and territorial integrity and the right to live free without fear. Yeah. The leader of the opposition. Well, we expect the government to take serious action and expel that ambassador, Mr. Speaker. Yeah. Speaker, thousands of Ukrainians have fled their country and they are searching for safety. Ukrainians don't want to be permanent refugees. They want to return to their home, a sovereign and democratic Ukraine, but they need protection now. Canada has always been a welcoming place for those displaced by war. Will the Prime Minister commit today to allow, allowing visa-free travel for Ukrainians who are wanting to come to Canada and find a safe haven? The Right Honourable Prime Minister. Canada is steadfast in the support for the sovereignty and territorial integrity of Ukraine. We have been priority processing applications from Ukraine and bolstering operational capacity in the region, which has allowed us to approve more applications from Ukrainian nationals. In addition to establishing a dedicated service channel for Ukraine, inquiries regarding Ukraine are prioritized, and we're continuing to work on more measures as the situation unfolds uh, that will ensure uh, that Ukrainians uh, can flee to safety. The leader of the opposition. Well, it's a little hard getting a direct answer from the Prime Minister today. Let's, uh, let's try another question. Yeah. Safety, security, sovereignty, those must be all top priorities for any government. And it should be Canada's priority, especially now. The longer Canadian oil, gas, and LNG stay in the ground, the bigger Putin's wallet gets. And the more countries like Ukraine and others will continue to be hurt and threatened by Russian aggression. More than ever, the world needs Canadian energy. So I'm going to ask the Prime Minister, will he commit today to changing his political direction? And will he begin to support the extraction and exportation of Canadian oil, gas, and LNG. Honourable Prime Minister. Mr. Speaker, as a government, we have been there for Alberta and Saskatchewan and uh, Newfoundland and Labrador and their energy sectors. Uh, we actually uh, are moving forward with the Trans Mountain Pipeline expansion, which the Conservatives couldn't get approved and couldn't get built. We're going to continue to work uh, to ensure uh, that we are supporting workers in the energy industry, even as we ensure that we're moving forward in ways that uh, reduce carbon from our atmosphere and create a better future with good jobs for everyone. Canada has a significant role to play in the world. We will continue to play it with Europe and with other allies as well. 
Freedom. Oh, the leader of the opposition. When the Prime Minister invoked the Emergencies Act on February 14th, Conservatives and others said it clearly didn't meet the legal threshold. Legal tools were already available to move the trucks from Ottawa. The Prime Minister moved ahead to invoke the Act and even attached confidence to the vote. Less than 48 hours after that vote, he revoked it, which proves he used the Emergencies Act for his own political gain. Isn't it true the Prime Minister used a legislative sledgehammer on our country for his own political advantage? The Right Honourable Prime Minister. The Emergencies Act enabled local authorities to end the illegal blockades. We've heard from the Commissioner of the RCMP, police chiefs, experts and political leadership that it was essential to the police response and that it offered precision and clarity as they did their important work. But even after all this has ended, Conservative MPs still can't pick a lane. Canadians want to know, do they stand with blockaders or do they stand with Canadian communities? The Honourable Leader of the Opposition. Well, here's the lane we'd like the Prime Minister to pick from. Today is March 1st. And as of today, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, Alberta, Ontario and Nova Scotia, they've all lifted their vaccine mandates and other to do so and they care about mental health and their economies. Here at the federal level we have a liberal government that is dragging their knuckles because they become so backwards and regressive in their thinking when it comes to the need for restrictions. When will the liberals come out of the dark ages and see that vaccine mandates are so yesterday? When are they going to remove The right honourable prime minister. Speaker, on this side of the House, we ground our decisions in science. Uh, we continue uh, to believe uh, that keeping Canadians safe is extremely important, but I will highlight that Canada has made significant movements uh, on restrictions of the borders uh, to enable for more Canadians to travel uh, safely and less onerously when they come home. We will continue to look carefully at what more measures uh, we can uh, lift or move forward on to ensure that Canadians uh, continue uh, to be safe while getting back to the things we love. Uh, Canadians expect their governments to keep them safe. That's exactly what we're doing. The Honourable Member for Belle Assemblée. Mr. Speaker, the Russian tyrant's pride appears to have been wounded, and now he is viciously and savagely an launching an extreme attack, attack on an innocent population. Canada has placed sanctions on Russia, very severe sanctions, and that's great. Uh, and it we, the, we mustn't allow the Russian tyrant to save face too quickly. Shouldn't the sanctions be kept in place until the very last Russian soldier leaves Ukrainian soil? The Honourable Prime Minister, I'd like to thank my colleague for his question and his position. We fully agree the situation is not just a matter of Ukraine's territorial integrity. It's a question of the rule of law and the principles of the United Nations and its charter. We should be there to support those principles and we will keep the sanctions in place right up until Russia recognizes and admits they made a huge mistake and withdraw, withdraws its soldiers from Ukrainian soil. The Honorable Member for Belay Chambly. I appreciate that, Mr. Speaker. Another issue, does the Prime Minister agree that in any circumstance, in particular the circumstances we're witnessing in Ukraine, that it would be irresponsible to use the war and its humanitarian consequences as an opportunity to promote oil exports from Western Canada? The Right Honourable Prime Minister. Mr. Speaker, in Canada... We import negligible amounts of Russian oil and gas, and that was blocked with the sanctions we imposed a few days ago. But the fact is that Europe still relies very heavily on Russian oil and gas. And we, as a world, have to try to offer alternatives to Europe. Alternatives to Russia for, for Europe. 
and we know that the global economy has to decarbonize, but we haven't quite got there yet. But we will provide the resources necessary to help our European friends. The Honourable Member for Burnaby South. Les Ukrainiens font... Ukrainians are facing a disastrous crisis. Canada must stand up to President Putin and his unjust and unprovoked war. The United Kingdom has slapped sanctions on Belarus for its role in this war. Is the Prime Minister also prepared to place sanctions on Belarus? The Honourable Prime Minister. Oui, Monsieur. Yes, Mr. Speaker. We have announced sanctions on Russia. We did that a few days ago, but we also added sanctions against Belarus because we know that they've been complicit and even partners in the invasion of Ukraine. So we have put sanctions on the government of Belarus and the oligarchs who have benefited from this situation. We have done that and we will always look for ways of doing more to punish Belarus for its complicity. Now, a member for Burnaby South. Witnessing a humanitarian crisis unfold in Ukraine. And Canada has to do everything we can in our power to support people in need. One of the things we can do is to support Ukrainians who are seeking refuge in Canada. So will the Prime Minister commit to a simple, straightforward, barrier-free process for Ukrainians who are seeking solace and refuge in Canada? Right Honourable Prime Minister. Mr. Speaker, over the past number of weeks, seeing the terrifying possibility of what has come to pass, um, we actually have been, pre been preparing uh, with Immigration uh, Canada and our consular resources uh, to ensure that there are uh, capacities to treat Ukrainian demands, uh, Ukrainian requests uh, much more quickly. Uh, we are processing a higher number of uh, visas and uh, permits and we're looking at uh, creating new programs to further fast-track applications of people who are fleeing from this terrible conflict. Canada will always stand with Ukrainians. The Honourable Member for Mégantic-Lérable. Mr. Speaker, in this crisis, Canadians deserve real answers. When asked if Canada intended to expel the Russian ambassador, the Prime Minister dodged the question. And the same question was asked of the Finance Minister, who said everything was on the table. Well, what is really on the table? For six days, Ukraine was under invasion. For six days, Putin's regime violated international law. And for six days, the Russian ambassador was silently complicit in war crimes. Will the Prime Minister expel the Russian ambassador and recall our ambassador immediately, yes or no? The Right Honourable Prime Minister. Uh, Mr. Speaker, uh, Russia's egregious and unprovoked attack on Ukraine is a direct challenge to all of us, to the international rules-based order, to democracy, and to people who care about human rights and social justice everywhere. And that's why our Foreign Minister summoned the ambassador from Russia to hear her opinion immediately and directly and Canada will continue to have that dialogue but will also remind Russia every day of their responsibilities of their absolute need to stand up and to be counted and they will be punished. The Honourable Member for Mr. Speaker. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain, 
Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. I ask the prime minister, no answer. I asked the finance minister, no answer. Now the parliamentary secretary has been sent to tell us that the ambassador was summoned to be wrapped over the knuckles. That's all they've done for six days. The ambassador has been complicit with Putin's regime uh, in these war crimes. When is the government going to expel the Russian ambassador and recall the Canadian one from Moscow? Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Russia's actions, Mr. Putin's actions, will not go unpunished. And when we talk about what we've done, let's talk about the sanctions. Let's talk about the military aid. Let's talk about humanitarian assistance. Let's talk about standing with the people of Ukraine and doing absolutely everything in our power to make sure that Russia is punished and Russia withdraws immediately and we have a ceasefire and we have peace. Well, member for Calgary, Forest Lawn. The situation for Ukrainians is dire, Mr. Speaker. Many Canadians of Ukrainian heritage are worried about their family members trying to flee the war. One person called the Ukraine hotline to ask about his parents' PR application. He was told that someone from Ukraine, who applied a year or two ago, had no priority. Instead of having those in need get stuck in this liberal-made immigration backlog, will the minister commit to visa-free travel for our Ukrainian brothers and sisters trying to flee war? in Ukraine is uh, characterized by unspeakable violence and we condemn in the harshest terms this war of choice by President Putin. That's why we started preparing more than a month ago by boosting our operational capacity in the region. It's why we extended a dedicated service channel to provide reliable information. It's why we created a new pathway for people who are already in Canada to make it easier to stay and work. And it's why in the very near future, we will have new measures to welcome more Ukrainians who are seeking safety as they flee this war. Canada will be there for Ukraine in its time of need. They deserve nothing less. Well, member for Calgary, Forest Lawn. At the Citizenship and Immigration Committee today, we agreed to pass a motion in support of Ukraine, including calling for a visa-free travel. The Liberals voted against it. All opposition parties are calling on the government to implement visa-free travel for Ukrainians, despite the security processes already in place for people arriving without visas and at customs, and considering our national security system, why is the Liberal government against visa-free travel for our Ukrainian brothers and sisters fleeing war? The Honourable Minister. Uh, Mr. Speaker, I can assure the Honourable Member that all members of this House and all parties want nothing more than to support Ukraine in its time of need. That's why we've introduced new measures to expedite application processing that have seen 4,000 applications across our lines of business already approved. It's why we've introduced new measures to make it easier to stay. My interest, and I'm sure the Honourable Member shares this perspective, is to create a program that will get the greatest number of Ukrainians to Canada as quickly and safely as possible. In the very near future, I'll have more to say with a plan that will achieve those ends. Well, Member for Selkirk, Interlake Eastman. Mr. Speaker, I want to thank the government for sending anti-tank weapons to Ukraine, which the Conservatives have been calling for since 2018. I know that Ukraine will make good use of the 100 Carl Gustav anti-armor weapons that we are delivering now. Non-NATO partners like Sweden have also stepped up and are sending 5,000 anti-tank weapons to Ukraine. Additionally, Ukraine needs more medical supplies that Canada currently has in storage. Will the Minister of Defence send Ukraine additional weapons, improved first aid kits, and Roll 3 hospitals that Canada has? The Honourable Minister of National Defence. Mr. Speaker, I thank my honourable colleague for that question. Let me just be clear that all options continue to be on the table in terms of our support, but we should recognize that we have sent support $10 million of lethal and non-lethal aid 
$25 million of non-lethal aid. And then just yesterday, as the member rightly pointed out, more anti-tank weapons as well as ammunition for those Merci. This morning, we learn in the media that Russia is matching troops and equipment for battle in the Arctic. Canada's sovereignty is at stake. When will the minister tell Canadians about her plan to modernize our northern warning system? The Honourable Minister of National Defence. Mr. Speaker, I appreciate the question. Canada will continue to work with its American counterparts, and that is why we have committed... $2.5 million by the end of budget 2021 for our efforts. We will continue talking with our partners in the U.S. and we are going to continue protecting our Arctic sovereignty. The Honourable Member for Repentigny. The Conservatives are using the war in Ukraine to sell dirty oil and gas. Their solution is to run pipelines through Quebec to export more fossil fuels to Europe. But the UN Secretary, Gen Secretary General does not agree. He said that as current events reveal, our reliance on fossil fuels makes the global economy and energy security vulnerable to geopolitical crises. It's time to accelerate the energy transition. So, Mr. Speaker, does the government also agree that reliance on fossil fuels is destabilizing the world. The Honourable Minister of the Environment. Thank you, Mr. Speaker, and I'd like to thank my colleague for her question and for all her work on environmental issues and climate change in the recent in, in, in years past. We agree that we need to reduce our reliance on fossil fuels both for environmental and climate reasons, and to create the jobs we will need tomorrow and beyond, and also to reduce our reliance on countries like Russia. Thank you very much. The Honourable Member for Repentigny. The UN Secretary General, again commenting on the IPCC's terrifying report, he called it an atlas of human suffering because it maps the areas of the world where people will suffer the consequences of climate change. Half the world's population is at risk, Mr. Speaker. That's a lot of people. Which brings us back to the choice the Minister of the Environment will have to make on Friday. He has to decide whether or not to approve the Bay du Nord oil project, which aims to extract, extract $300 million. Will he say no to Bay du Nord? The Honourable Minister. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. And once again, I'd like to thank my colleague. The Environmental Assessment Agency has done an, an assessment of the Bay du Nord project. Our government is studying it, and we will uh, give our decision in due course. Thank you very much. The Honourable Member for Repentigny. Mr. Speaker, the UN Secretary General said a lot of things, uh, and one of the things he said yesterday was that the major polluters are guilty of setting fire to our only home. And he said that the abdication of leadership was criminal. Mr. Speaker, we expect some leadership from this minister. He himself set the bar very high for his own performance. So I repeat my question. It's very simple. Will he approve the Bay du Nord oil project? Yes or no? The Honourable Minister. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. My Honourable colleague is talking about leadership. We are the government that has done the most in recent years to fight climate change. A hundred billion dollars of investment, Mr. Speaker. Over a hundred measures to fight climate change. We went all the way to the Supreme Court to defend the carbon tax, which our government brought in. So the leadership's on this side of the house, Mr. Speaker, when it comes to climate change. Thank you. 
for Sturgeon River Parkland. Mr. Speaker, back in 2015, the Liberals ran on a platform of transparency that, quote, the government and its information should be open by default, that they would, quote, restore trust in democracy. Parliament is setting up a committee to review their use of the Emergencies Act, and it is critically important that the official opposition have the power to hold this government to account. Instead, this Liberal government is being obstructionist and undermining our ability to do our duty to Canadians. My question, why is this government so afraid of accountability? The Honourable Government House Leader. Uh, I'm confused. The party opposite has three members uh, of their caucus, uh, and they're cheering that. Uh, they're very happy that they have the same number as the government has. The opposition, unfortunately, decided to cheerlead the illegal activities that were happening outside. It would be entirely inappropriate for those that were cheerleading the type of activities that we saw, the illegal blockades, the illegal occupation, to be chairing. What we said instead is that two opposition parties will chair the process, one who is against the act, one who is for the act. That's being reasonable. That's being fair. The Honourable Member for Mimishi, Grand Lake. Mr. Speaker, the Prime Minister called Canadians he disagrees with these people with unacceptable views. Racists, bigots, misogynists, terrorists, people that take up space. Yesterday, the public safety minister even said protesters were rapists. Experts say there was no such security threat or financial threat to Canadians. Given the prime minister voted for it, then revoked it in 36 hours, will the Liberals finally admit imposing the Emergency Act was wrong? The Honourable Government House Leader. Mr. Speaker, as events unfold in the world uh, that are deeply serious in the Ukraine, as we have finally been able to put the illegal blockades and the occupation behind us, uh, I would hope that the, me the members opposite would look at the efficacy of the Emergency Act, how successful it was in restoring peace and order, and that their questions might be on things uh, that right now are pressing in the world. I just want to clarify that when you're asking your question or answering the question, you can shout as long as you want. When you're not singled out and allowed to, I prefer you not shout at each other. The Honourable Member, l'Honorable The Honourable Member for Paul neuf jacques Mr. Speaker, this is the story of yet another demonstration gone wrong because of the inaction of the Prime Minister who did nothing for three weeks. It was disappointing. And then suddenly on February 14th, the Prime Minister invoked the Emergencies Act. Three days of debate followed. Monday, March 21st, the House endorsed the use of this law, thanks to the Liberals and the NDP. Wednesday, March 23rd, this Prime Minister contradicted himself by saying the opposite of what he just said days earlier and revoked the act. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Can the Prime Minister tell us what happened between Monday and Wednesday for him to flip-flop like that? The Honourable Minister of Public Safety. I'd like to thank my colleague for his question. Since the beginning of the demonstrations and the illegal blockades, the government took many concrete steps. We added resources and we introduced the Emergencies Act. But that was our last resort, and that was following the advice of police. After that, we revoked the act, but a lot of product, uh, pro progress was made, and we will continue to provide resources. Donald Member. Mr. Speaker, 
There was no longer anything in the streets of Ottawa. The streets were cleared. The border crossings at Coutts, Emerson, and Windsor were cleared without using the Emergencies Act. But here in Ottawa, the Prime Minister waited three weeks and then decided one morning to, do, to, to invoke the Emergencies Act. And then on Monday, it was too late again when the streets of Ottawa were already clear, the NDP and the Liberals voted in favour of this Act. And then a flip-flop two days later, the Prime Minister revoked the Act. This is a simple question. What happened? The Honourable Minister. Mr. Speaker, the Emergencies Act was essential to allow police to put an end to the illegal blockades and demonstrations all across the country. We've already, uh, we always said that we would uh, not keep it in effect a minute longer than was absolutely necessary. And that's what we did. We kept our word. We followed the advice of police and we gave them the tools they needed. For South Okanagan, West Kootenai. Mr. Speaker, the IPCC report uh, released yesterday has a stark warning. Either we take action now on mitigation and adaptation for climate change or risk suffering even more severe consequences from extreme weather events, wildfires and floods. But this government continues to give the fossil fuel industry billions of dollars in subsidies. So instead of bankrolling the multinational oil and gas companies, why don't the Liberals fund the infrastructure our communities need to help prevent catastrophe? The Honourable Minister of the Environment. Thank you, Mr. Speaker, and I thank my Honourable colleague for, for his question. Um, the IPCC report shows what people around the world have known for a long time, that countries need to take bold action to fight climate change, Mr. Speaker. And we continue to cut emissions, 30 million tons since we've come into power, Mr. Speaker. That's almost half of Quebec's entire emissions that we've managed to reduce because of the hundreds of measures we put in place, Mr. Speaker, because $100 billion of investment. But we recognize, as the member opposite do, we need to do more. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. The Honourable Member for Rosemont La Petite Patrie. Mr. Speaker, the window of opportunity for a sustainable future for our children and grandchildren is closing according to the new IPCC report, a chilling report. According to experts, the climate crisis has already had irreversible effects. Global warming is happening too fast, and this Liberal government is just paying lip service. In addition to buying a pipeline, the Liberals continue to subsidise the biggest polluters in the oil and gas industry. The worst in the G20. When will the Prime Minister end fossil fuel subsidies to protect people now and generations to come? The Honourable Minister. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. I'd like to thank my colleague for his question. The IPCC report shows what we all know. All countries need to make extra measures to adapt for climate change. We have to continue to reduce emissions and strengthen our resilience, and that is the reason for which our government has invested over $2.3 billion, Mr. Speaker, in adapting to climate change and over $100 billion to fight against uh, greenhouse gas emissions. But we must do even more than this. All of us here in Canada and abroad. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. The member for Kitchener South Hessler. Mr. Speaker, many Canadians are struggling to find affordable housing, including in my riding of Kitchener South Hessler. The need for affordable housing has been highlighted during the COVID-19 pandemic. Last week, I had the honour of speaking at a virtual open house for one of our government's rapid housing initiative programs in my riding of Kitchener South Hessler. Can the Minister of Housing and Diversity and Inclusion please tell this House how our government is building more affordable housing in Kitchener South Hessler and across Canada? The Honourable Minister for Housing. Mr. Speaker, I want to thank the Honourable Member for Kitchener South Hessler for her question, but also for her very strong advocacy on the issue of affordable housing. And recently, in the Member's own writing, we announced $8.2 million to create 42 new permanent affordable housing units for seniors and women at risk of and, in fact, experiencing homelessness. This is real action. It means 42 Canadians now have the housing that they need and a safe place to call home. This is yet another example of the national housing strategy at work in communities from coast to coast to coast, Mr. Speaker. Thank you. Honourable Member for Calgary, Midnapore. Mr. Speaker, Canadians have been plagued with backlogs throughout this pandemic. Everything from immigration applications to GIS payments to parental benefits. 
Yesterday, the President of the Treasury Board said in the House that 99% of public servants are vaccinated. So I have a simple question for the Minister. How many unvaccinated federal employees did she have to fire to get to 99%? The Honourable President of the Treasury Board. Mr. Chair, Mr. Speaker, as I said yesterday, vaccines are the best way to bring this pandemic to an end. Public servants stepped up. 99% got their first dose. 98.7% got their second dose. Public servants are responding to the need of making sure Canadians are safe and healthy during this pandemic. Those that need accommodation are being treated and we will continue to make sure that these public servants are respected. Thank you very much. The Honourable Member for Cypress Hills Grasslands. Mr. Speaker, yesterday in QP, the Health Minister praised the province of Saskatchewan on their COVID-19 efforts. As of Monday, all COVID-19 restrictions have been lifted in my province. <laughs> Businesses can fully open and smiles can be shared between the people of Saskatchewan once again. Mr. Speaker, Canada has some of the highest vaccination rates in the world. When will the Health Minister follow the lead of the science-backed Provincial Health Authority and lift all federal mandates? The Honourable Minister of Health. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Uh, gratefulness is a word that comes to my mind. Grateful to the question, for the question, obviously. Grateful to our, for our relationship with Minister Merriman and the entire government of Saskatchewan, who have been there to help, as we have, uh, the Saskatchewan people to go through this crisis. And grateful to the millions of people in Saskatchewan who have made the right choice and got vaccinated. The Honourable Member for both, Mr. Speaker. In both Sawish borders of the United States of America, Mr. Kirion, a constituent in my riding, has informed me of the unfair treatment he continues to receive at the border. His son lives minutes away in the state of Maine, but he is rarely able to visit him because of the current border mandates. He is fully vaccinated, but is still required to take a quick test just to make a one-day visit. The closest place to his son that provides testing is over one hour away. When will the government come up with a plan to eradicate these mandates permanently? For vaccinated people, the Honourable Minister for Transport. Along, our government will continue to follow the advice of scientists and public health experts. And the good news is that yesterday, Mr. Speaker, we've eased our border measures. That's great news for travelers, great news for the tourism sector, great news for our aviation sector, and great news for communities who are along the borders. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. The Honorable Member for Peterborough, Kawartha. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. I believe the Tourism Association would disagree greatly with that, Minister. An ER nurse messaged me yesterday because she's in isolation. Her ER is, in desperate, is desperately understaffed and she's stuck at home with zero symptoms because she was randomly selected to do a PCR test at the border on top of the rapid test. Canadians need a plan. They need answers. Provinces across the country are following the advice of medical health officers and dropping mandates. When will our Prime Minister give Canadians a plan and a timeline on when federal vaccine mandates will be dropped? The Honourable Minister of Transportation. Mr. Speaker, Canadians support doing everything we can at our borders to protect the health and safety of Canadians, but also to protect our economy. Prior to yesterday, we were testing all arrivals from non-U.S. travelers to make sure that incomers are fully vaccinated and are not carrying the virus. Yesterday, we changed these measures, Mr. Speaker. We no longer test every traveler because we, based on the advice we received from our public health experts, and now we're accepting antigen tests for our travelers. That's great news for travelers, Mr. Speaker. The Honourable Member for La Pointe de Lille. Mr. Speaker, we were anxious to read the new bill to modernise the Official Languages Act. Quebec had only one request, that it be left alone to decide on language planning in Quebec. Well, no, Ottawa and the Liberals are meddling again. It is giving precedence to its law so that the application of the Charter of the French Language to businesses under federal jurisdiction is optional on a voluntary basis. 
Why not simply let Quebec's Bill 101 apply in Quebec as Quebec is asking? The Honourable Minister. Mr. Speaker, I would like... I would like to thank my colleague for his question. Protecting French is an absolute priority for our government, and today I had the pleasure and the honour to retable our bill on the modernisation and strengthening of the OLA. We recognise the decline of French in this country, and even in Quebec. We seem to have a technical problem. We will see if uh, we can sort it out. In the meantime, I believe that the Minister for Heritage has an answer to the question. Mr. Speaker, for the Government of Canada, defending and promoting French is and always will be an absolutely an absolute priority for us. In this bill, we recognise that we have to do more. We need to boost French in a working language, in a service language. We are doing so not only in Quebec, but throughout the country, and we'll always be here to defend French. The Honourable Member for La Pointe de Lille. Mr. Speaker, the National Assembly is asking for this. The Government of Quebec is asking for this. Imagine, every living former Premier of Quebec is asking for it. Pierre-Marc Johnson, Daniel Johnson, Lucien Bouchard, Pauline Marois, Philippe Couillard, and even the very most liberal Jean Charest is asking for it. Even this House voted in favour at second reading. Only this Liberal government is opposed. Will the Minister amend her bill so that Bill 101 applies to private companies under federal jurisdiction in Quebec? The Honourable Minister for Canadian Heritage. Uh, Mr. Speaker, the Government of Canada intervenes within its fields of competence and jurisdiction, seeking to strengthen French for a working language, for a service language, not only in Quebec, Mr. Speaker, but in Francophone communities throughout Canada, because French, being French is being Canadian. We want to promote French, not only in Quebec, but everywhere. We want more French, we want to speak French, listen to French, listen to French music, and that's why we're acting, Mr. Speaker. Honourable Member for Simcoe North. Mr. Speaker, according to Angus Reid, 53% of Canadians can't keep up with the cost of living, and things are going to get worse. The next budget will introduce significant amounts of new spending and make inflation worse for Canadian families. And on April 1st, this government is increasing the carbon tax on gasoline by almost nine cents a litre. Every day, we hear more stories of Canadians telling us they are getting squeezed. Mr. Speaker, when will this government realize it needs to change its course and cancel its tax and spending plans? The Honourable Deputy Prime Minister. The Conservatives continue to talk down the Canadian economy with a false economic narrative. So, I am glad to have the chance to share some good news. StatsCan today released our GDP numbers for the fourth quarter. Canada's GDP grew at an annualized rate of 6.7%. That is the second highest level in the G7, and it beat market expectations. Here, here. The Honourable Member for Saskatoon West. Mr. Speaker, I asked the Liberals about inflation in Saskatchewan, and the government confirmed the negative impact of inflation on the poverty line throughout my province. In fact, the poverty rate increased 1.2% in Saskatchewan, and it's only going to get worse. That means an additional 13,000 people in Saskatchewan are falling into poverty every year simply because inflation is driving their costs through the roof. Mr. Speaker, why is this government driving low-income fa families in Saskatoon West deeper into poverty with their high-spending, high-inflation policies? Honourable Deputy Prime Minister. Mr. Speaker, we will take no lessons from the Canada. We introduced the CCB, which is indexed to inflation, 
and which lifted almost 300,000 children out of poverty. We increased the GIS, also indexed to inflation, and which has helped over 900,000 seniors. In fact, Mr. Speaker, when we formed government, there were 5.1 million Canadians in poverty. By 2019, that figure had dropped to 3.7. The Honourable Member for Flamborough, Glenbrook. Mr. Mr. Speaker, the communities of Flamborough-Glanbrook have grown exponentially as young families flee Toronto in search of a more affordable life. Except for now, they're feeling the crunch here too. In January, the Realtors Association of Hamilton-Burlington confirmed that the average house price in the Hamilton area is now over $1 million. Wow. Mr. Speaker, with interest rate hikes on the horizon, when will we see the long-promised housing plan to address this crisis? And what hope? can this government offer young Canadians that have given up on the dream of home ownership? Yeah. The Honourable Minister for Housing. I want to thank the Honourable Member for the question, and I encourage him to uh, enable his party to actually vote for the measures that we've brought in place to enable affordability. Uh, the party opposite voted against the vacancy tax uh, that we were supposed to move forward on. Uh, they voted against uh, measures to help first-time home buyers. They voted against measures to improve more investment in affordable housing. These are the things that we're doing, Mr. Speaker, and we'll continue to not only continue to invest in affordable housing for the most vulnerable, but we'll also continue to, make, to put in place measures to encourage more Canadians to turn from renters into homeowners, and I hope the member opposite and his party can support us. The Honourable Member, Saint Laurent. Mr. Speaker, the last two years of this pandemic have underscored the importance of investing in domestic manufacturing of vaccines and PPE, and therefore supporting science and research in Canada. That is the reason for which I'm proud to rise in the House today with my colleague the, to ask about the first Canadian-made plant-based COVID-19 vaccine, the Medicago vaccine, that was approved by Health Canada. On the 24th of February, can the Minister for Health outline how the government is supporting the use of this vaccine? The Honourable Minister for Health. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. I'd like to thank the member for Senator for that excellent question and her excellent work. What great news. Last Thursday, Mickey Gagou's Mickey Covid-19 vaccine was approved. It's great news. It was the first such vaccine to be approved by Health Canada, the first in the world to be approved on a plant-based technology. Workers and partners are giving us an extra tool to protect their health and security. Number for Kelowna Lake Country. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Thanks to the Liberals, all winery, cidery, brewery and distillery owners will wake up on April 1st to an increase of their excise taxes. Most who I've talked to have struggled along due to perpetual lockdowns, and most do not fall within Bill C-2's benefits, and any potential offset does not come close to bridging their losses. One winery owner that I spoke to will have a $50,000 excise tax hit. Unlike the finance minister, I've owned my own small business and I've had to read financial statements. So will the minister cancel the April Fool's Day excise tax increase? The Honourable Deputy Prime Minister. Mr. Speaker, like other taxes and benefits, the alcohol excise duty rate is automatically adjusted each year. This approach provides certainty to the sector while ensuring our tax system is fair for all Canadians. And let me tell you, Mr. Speaker, if the member opposite really wanted to support Canada's small businesses, the member opposite and her party should have voted with us to support the business support measures that helped Canadian small businesses get through COVID. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Member for York Simcoe. Mr. Speaker, on April 1st, the price of alcohol will go up yet again for Canadians due to the Liberals' ever-increasing escalator tax grab on beer, wine and spirits. Canadian restaurants and bars will continue to struggle due to the impacts of the pandemic. Another tax hike is the last thing they need. This automatic permanent tax increase must be reviewed by Parliament every year so we can support the places that serve Canadian alcohol and the farmers and producers who make it. Will the Liberals put a cork in their ever-increasing excise tax on Canadian alcohol? The Honourable Deputy Prime Minister. Mr. Speaker, the increase is less 
than one-fifth of one penny per can of And there are specific measures that take into consideration the needs of craft brewers and wineries. And let me tell the members opposite something else. They should have paid attention to the Wine Growers of Canada and Beer Canada. Both organizations called for an end to the blockades that hurt their business and that our government acted on The Honourable Member for Niagara Falls. Mr. Speaker, tourists from around the world are now making their travel plans for the fast approaching summer tourism season. But the federal government's requirements for pre-departure testing at Canadian borders stands in the way of making Canada an attractive destination. Yesterday, the Canadian Travel and Tourism Roundtable said the policy is not grounded in science or evidence. They also called on the government to drop it. For the sake of the economic recovery in our hardest hit tourism sector, can the federal Liberals tell travellers when they will drop the pre-departure travel requirements? The Honourable Minister of Health. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Again, very grateful to the question, in particular because my region, my city, my riding of Quebec is a riding of exceptional quality attracts thousands, if not millions, of, of, of foreigners and tourists over years. We're very proud of that. And that's why we're so proud that the measures to which the measure alludes to have been reduced, have been relaxed just a day ago. We'll continue to work to support the tourism industry while protecting the, safety, the health and safety of travelers and workers. The Honorable Member for Scarborough, Agent Court. Mr. Speaker, at the onset of this pandemic, our government acted swiftly by introducing emergency measures to keep Canadians financially afloat. While these benefits have been crucial for so many families, including those in my riding of Scarborough Aging Court, I have personally heard from seniors that it has resulted in a reduction of their GIS payments they rely on to make ends meet. Can the Minister of Seniors inform the House on what we are doing to strengthen income security for seniors that are dependent on GIS? Honourable Minister for Seniors. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. And Mr. Speaker, I want to thank the member from Scarborough Agent Court for her work and her, her advocacy for seniors in her community and in this House, Mr. Speaker. <laughs> Mr. Speaker, when it comes to supporting the most vulnerable, all government has always been there, and that is especially true for low-income seniors. We have committed to supporting seniors who counted on pandemic supports and had their GIS impacted. We made a major, we're making a major investment through an automatic one-time payment for those affected seniors. We unanimously passed Bill C-12 in this House, and I'm confident that the other place will do the same. Mr. Speaker, seniors know that our government will always be there for them. This show has been produced by Depictions Media. Please contact us at depictions.media for more information. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.